0: We're going to have a communion service. The whole tenure of this service is to hopefully lead you and me into communion. To where we have that fellowship, that that time with the Lord. Um, Let me open with you in prayer, please. Father, would you um, just calm our hearts. Will you uh, allow this particular moment in our lives to be something that is so wonderful and special between you and and each of us individually and then Father collectively as a family and and then in total Father for us as a whole church family we pray your blessings upon this service, we pray your blessings upon the music and all that we do may it be done Father to to, um, praise your holy and righteous name that we might walk into this particular time of the year of of Christmas and the coming New Year. Uh, People who, Father, have uh, our minds set on you um, all the time. So bless this time. Move each of us aside who is going to participate so that all of us may clearly sense your presence, we pray in Jesus' precious name. Amen. One of the things that we want to do, become, with all of our hearts, is to become an Acts 2 type of church. Now, I mention this to you often, Um, We want to become an Acts 2 church so that we can have fellowship properly, that we can be a a people who are continually devoted to the things of God. It is my intent in heart that I might help lead you and me into that place where we walk with the Lord in this integrity of our lives so that this church might be a place where we see the, the presence of God fulfilled within our lives. That's going to happen when you and I are continually devoted to the things of God, to the teaching of the apostles, in other words, the word of God. We can be continually devoted to fellowship, as we've already studied, where that is where, where we partner with one another. We are to be continually devoted to communion. That is the remembrance of what Jesus Christ did for us upon the cross. And as we'll see in time, we'll be continually devoted to uh, prayer and to, to giving and to also to worship and praise. Those things will come in time. But now sufficient that you and I understand the vision of what we are trying to do as a body of believers. We are not going to interrupt the service from this point forward. In other words, we will have music, we will have some word, we will have more music, some more word, music and word, until we at the last uh, few minutes of the service and then we will have communion. What I'm I ask you to do is the same thing I would ask myself to do at this point in time. And that is that we would prepare our hearts through the music and through the messages that you will hear to have this time of communion with the Lord. We will not have an offering during this service, but we will have an offering if you want to on the way out to uh, a check or even put money in uh, some of the boxes that are on the wall in the back of the, of the church. At Also the back of the church, if you do not have, we have a notebook. This is a notebook for you to have. In this notebook, we have um, the different things that we are covering so that you can keep this, uh, like we have the the whole idea of teaching, the idea of fellowship, the idea of communion. We will then pass out in the weeks to come prayer and giving and worship. In this, when you find in your bulletin, you will find these things. And when you have your your notes, you can take notes and, and put them in here so that you can keep these things, so that you can remind yourselves of the things that the Lord God himself has been teaching you as you come to church. Now, let's have a time of communion with one another and with our Lord.
1: Let's all stand together as we worship our Lord. Thank mm-hmm. you. Did you Hallelujah.
2: When the music fades, all is stripped away, and I simply come, longing just to What you deserve? Though I'm weak. within through the way
0: may be seated, please. When we go to communion, uh, the first of of most important is that that our hearts are right before the Lord. It truly is all about Jesus. It's all about Him. Your relationship with the Lord is what allows you and me, what allows you individually, you, to come before the Lord and that you might have this time of Of most privileges of privilege, and that is to have a communion with the Lord God Almighty. I made mention to you last week in in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, it spoke about our being right before the Lord. If you remember, Paul wrote these words, and he says, I received from the Lord that which also, he said, I delivered to you. In other words, he is saying what we have said all along. What he has received from the Lord, he gives out. Nothing more, nothing less. He gives what he has received. And he said that the Lord Jesus in the night in which he was betrayed took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he says, he took the cup also after supper and he said, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Everything that we do concerning communion, really about our lives, ought to be in remembrance of what Jesus Christ did when he was on this earth. The things that he said, the actions that he took, the life that he lived, the going to the cross, the shedding of his blood, raising himself from the dead. All of these things we ought to remember and then I made mention to you last week in 1 in Corinthians chapter 11. It says in verse 27, Therefore, whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner, that person shall be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. But, he says in verse 28, Let a person examine themselves. And so let them eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For he who eats and drinks, eats and drinks judgment to himself, if, if, if he does not judge the body rightly. For this reason, he says, Many among you are weak and sick, a number of you sleep. He says, Some of you, because you have taken communion in an unworthy manner, you're 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 you've been ill. Some even have died. And he says, If we judge ourselves rightly, we shall not be judged. Early in the life of Paul, in the in the book of Romans, the seventh chapter, he he took a look at himself, a look at himself like I think all of us might, and he saw the conflict that was within his life. In the seventh chapter, starting with the 14th verse, he says, we know that the law is spiritual, but I am of flesh, he said, sold into the bondage of sin. He says in the 15th verse, that which I am doing, I don't understand, for I am not practicing what I would like to do, I'm doing the very thing I hate. Can you not relate to that? I can. The very essence of who I want to be, what I would like to be in Christ, the very things I want to do, I find sometimes I don't do them. I, I fall away from, from, from where, I, where I am. Paul was so frustrated with himself that he, that he write, wrote these words in verse 24. He said, wretched man that I am, who's going to set me free from the body of this death? And then he said, thanks be to God, through Jesus Christ our Lord. He says in the 8th chapter, the 1st verse, there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set you and me free from the law of sin and of death. He said to examine yourselves. He says again in the 2nd verse, 2 Corinthians, the 13th chapter, verse 4, he says, Indeed, he was crucified because of weakness, yet he lives because of the power of God. He says, For we also are weak in him, yet we shall live with him because of the power of God directed towards us. So he says in verse 5, Test yourselves. See if you are in the faith. Examine yourselves. He writes, or do you not recognize this about yourself, that Jesus Christ is in you unless indeed, he says, you fail the test. But I trust that you realize that we ourselves do not fail the test. This is the very essence of communion, the very beginning of why we have the right to take communion is because of what Christ has done for us. And so the first examination that you and I need to make before we consider taking communion is to examine ourselves, to see if Christ is not in us. And not to be boggled down by the fact that we've we've failed or we've done wrong. Because even Paul said, wretched man that I am, who's going to set me free? He says, Christ has. There is therefore now no condemnation to those of us who are in Christ Jesus. We have been set free. We have the privilege of having Christ in us.
3: for us to recognize where we are in this process. If we have failed to do the things that we're being asked to do, what our responsibility is to ask forgiveness before we take communion. It isn't a matter of if you've failed, you can't. It's a matter of getting your heart right before the Lord so you can. So, ladies, 1 Peter Three, verse 1 reads in the same way you wives be submissive to your own husbands so that even if any of them are disobedient to the word they may be won without a word by the behavior of their wives as they observe your chaste and respectful behavior so as an example of Christ to your husband is the way that you can win him over. So you need to submit to his decisions whether or not you believe they're right or even if you know for sure that he's wrong. And if you haven't done that, what the Lord would ask you to do today is ask for forgiveness before you take communion. Gentlemen, 1 Peter three seven says, You husbands, in the same way, Live with your wives in an understanding way as with a weaker vessel. Since she is a woman and show her honor as a fellow heir of the grace of life so that your prayers will not be hindered. Precious gift that our Lord has given us besides his death on the cross for our salvation and eternal life is our ability to come to him in prayer. That's already been laid out for us. To not be able to go to the Lord in prayer, or to have your prayers hindered, is a is a tragedy. And the Lord asks us to consider through this scripture that we do not have our prayers hindered by the fact that we are not honoring our wives and treating them with the respect and the honor that they deserve. So, in preparation for communion, the Lord wants our marriage relationship to be right before we take communion. We need our prayers desperately, gentlemen, not to be hindered. So they go directly to our Lord.
1: Lord, is I want to surrender
4: all to you. the 6th chapter. Turn to Ephesians, the 6th chapter, verses 1 through 4. Before we take communion this morning, Pastor John would like for us to look into God's Word and take a good look at the parent-child relationship. And if there is anything missing, we need to take it before our Lord, before we take communion this morning. As you look in those verses, the first three verses are speaking to the children. And then in verse 4, it's speaking to the parents. So parents, if I may, I'd like to speak to your children just for a few minutes. You young people, there are two commandments here that you are to follow. The first one is in verse 1. Children, you are to obey your parents in the Lord for this is right for this is right it is a part of God's plan that you obey your parents and by obeying your parents you're obeying the Lord and then look in verses 2 and 3 is the second commandment and the Apostle Paul quotes from Exodus the 20th chapter and verse 12 and he tells you young people you're to honor your father and your mother this is the first commandment with promise so that it may go well with you and that you will live a long life on the earth now you young people the first four commandments has to do with the relationship with with your god the last six have to do with relationships And the very first one with promise says that if you honor and you respect your parents, it will go well with you. So you young people, obey your parents. Honor and respect them. And be like young Daniel did. He purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself. So you young people, when you take the table this morning... You may want to go to the Lord in prayer. Then it shifts to verse 4. And it's to the parents. And if you'll notice, it says fathers there. Well, it's really to both parents. The The Greek word is pater. But there's an emphasis on the father. Because fathers, we are to be the spiritual leaders of our home. God wants us to be all that he has called us to become. So, our children are at risk. Our grandchildren are at risk. We need to be the men of God. How do we do this? The Apostle Paul says, he says, I've been crucified with Christ. And he says, I no longer live, but Christ lives within me. In the life I now live, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and he gave himself for me. Men, it's difficult for us to do. We need to die to ourselves. We need to die to our egos. And we need to do exactly what the praise band sung about. We need to surrender all to our Lord. And then we develop Christ-like attributes. Then we don't have to worry about our first commandment. It says, fathers, provoke not your children to anger because you won't. Because you will become the man that God called you to be. And then mom and dad, the scripture so goes on to say, Bring up your children. Bring up your children in the discipline and the instruction of the Lord. Your King James says, bring them up in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord. Your children need discipline. They need to be corrected. And they need to have instruction. But how can we give them instruction unless we're not in the Word on a daily basis? Mom and Dad, pray together. Get into the Word on a daily basis so that you can know how to correctly instruct your children. So as you go before the table this morning, you may want to pray to the Lord and ask for forgiveness in certain areas of your lives. And then, let the Lord reign in your family.
5: component uh, that we need to look at today as we prepare for communion is getting our relationships not only right with lord with right with a lot of people Um, especially those relationships that we have that are outside of our immediate family the bible talks about a number of them it talks about a relationship between friends between ourselves and the government government officials talks about our relationship between those who work for us, and those whom we work for, slaves and masters. In all of these, we need to have a proper Christ-like relationship. And as believers, we need to set the example and to restore strained and hurt relationships prior to our coming before the Lord and to share in communion. We do this so that we can come into a relationship with Jesus Christ, with a clean heart, and having fulfilled his will and his commandment to love God and to love people. The Bible has a few verses I'd like to share with you about that. first one is Matthew 5, and I think most of you are probably familiar with that. It says, Therefore, if you are presenting your offering at the altar... And there, remember that your brother has something against you. Or maybe you have something against your brother. Leave your offering there. Leave it before the altar and go. First to be reconciled to your brother. And then come and present your offering. Colossians says this in chapter 3. Do not lie to one another. Since you laid aside the old self with its evil practices. And having put on the new self who is being renewed to a true knowledge according to the image of the one who created him. A renewal in which there is no distinction between Greek and Jew, circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian and Scythian, slave and free man. But Christ is all and in all. So... As those who have been chosen by God, holy and beloved, put on a heart of compassion, kindness, humility, and gentleness, and patience, bearing with one another and forgiving each other, whoever has a complaint against anyone, just as the Lord forgave you, so also should you. In 1 Peter chapter 2, Peter writes this, he says, act as free men and do not use your freedom as a covering for evil, but use it as a bond slave of God. Honor all people. Love the brotherhood, fear God, and honor the king. Servants, be submissive to your masters with all respect, not only to those who are good and gentle, but also to those who are unreasonable. And finally, it says in Colossians, masters, grant to your slaves justice and fairness, knowing that you too have a master that is in heaven. But God asks of all of us that when we bring to him our offerings, our prayers, our praise, and our worship, is that wherever there are issues, between us and others as children of God, we are to reach out to one another, a hand of reconciliation, restoration, and forgiveness. As Pastor John spoke last week, we cannot always make the other person receive our offer, nor for them to repent. It doesn't matter. As much as it is up to us, We do this out of obedience to God, no matter how difficult or how humbling it may be. Why? Because that's what He has done for us on the cross. He's forgiven us of our sins. We did not deserve to be forgiven. He forgave us in spite of who we are. He did it because of who He is, He's the Creator. And he did it out of love for his creation. So before we go to communion today, think about those who maybe you need to reconcile with to forgive. The greatest gift that you can give at this time of season is the same gift that Christ has given to us out of love, the gift of forgiveness
2: all powers above above all all peace
1: above all 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 nature and all
2: Check it.
0: to the cross, uh, shed his blood, died, thinking about us, thinking about the forgiveness that he can give if we would just accept and, and love him. Um, we looked at uh, four aspects of, uh, of going to communion, first examining ourselves to see if we would pass the test, if Christ is in us, and indeed, the writer writes, we've passed the test. Secondly, we looked at um, our relationship with our, uh, our spouses if we're married. As Pastor West so wonderfully said to those of us as the husbands in the, in the home to, to love our wives, to care for them so that our prayers may not be hindered. Thirdly, we looked at the, the child-parent relationship as, as Pastor Bill so beautifully taught telling us as children we are to honor and we are to obey our parents. And and as parents, we are to reach out and to discipline and to instruct our children in the Lord, for this is right. And then Pastor Fred so beautifully taught that we are also to be in correct relationship with everyone. We are to not only ask for and receive forgiveness, but we are to forgive in every aspect of our lives. And and as Fred said, even for those that might not want to seek uh, forgiveness, to give them that. We have outside, uh, mentioned it last night, a a notebook um, sold out last night. They have some, maybe now, maybe not, pick them up, but in them you can... uh, Put the bulletins that we have and and all of the the information that we give you but also you can put in there um, an Acts 2 church. We've had a brochure on teaching. We have it on fellowship and now we have one on communion um, so that we can uh, kind of keep track of, of where we're going and what we're doing. And so I would really encourage you to get one of these to keep your notes in there and and to uh, follow after what we are doing as a church so that you can stay on top of what is being taught so that you and me can be like the Bereans so that we can examine daily the scriptures to see if things that we are taught is not so. Would the uh, ushers please come forward right now and, and uh, start to pass out um, the elements of communion? What I'd like for us to do now is to Just get quiet before the Lord and have a time of examination. I say this often. It it is so true to me at least. You don't need to dredge into your past. You don't need to start digging up dirt and seeing, you know, there must be something wrong. There must be something I've done wrong. Look at That's the Lord's job. He's really good at convicting you of what needs to be convicted at the right time. The Holy Spirit will convict you. What you need to do when the Holy Spirit says this is what you ought to do, don't, don't worry about trying to, to, to examine to a degree of you know dredging and dredging and dredging. Just let the Holy Spirit convict you. Once he does, though, my encouragement to you is to seek his forgiveness at whatever level that might be. It might not be that you can do it right now. It might be someone out there that you need to say something to or or you need to uh, seek their forgiveness or forgive them, whatever. Um, I would leave that between you and the Lord and how you want to deal with that. But right now, I just would love for you to take the, uh, the elements and hold on to them, please. We'll take it all at one time. Um, the bread and the wine. But uh, right now, I'll just be quiet and you just kind of think, what is it that the Lord is asking of you? sitting here and uh, just kind of thinking about the Lord and thinking how much he must love us because of the love that I feel in my heart for you. It, it couldn't even scratch the surface of what God must be experiencing for us. As we go to communion, as we remember what the Lord has done, he was really kind. Are we okay, Fred? He was so kind. Our Lord was, um, because I I don't believe that the people that were following after him at this time understood the the fullness of of what he is offering to them. When he said, this is my body, as often as you eat of it, he says, do it in remembrance of me. And I would imagine that they were wondering, what does that mean? Maybe like we are right now. What does it mean to us to be able to go before the Lord and remember what he did at the cross, remember what he has said, remember what he has promised for us? What, what are the ramifications of all of that? I, I don't think that that we have a clear picture of it. We won't until we get to heaven. But in his kindness, he said to them, this, this, this is my body, he said. When you eat of it, Eat of it in remembrance of me. After they had finished supper, he did what I think is probably the single greatest thing that has ever been done, single greatest gift that has ever been given to mankind. He poured some wine gave it to them and he said, this is my blood. It's a new covenant. The new covenant that he gave to them was the ability to have their sins forgiven. The sins that they had done, the sin, sins that they might be been doing, the sins they were going to do were all going to fall under the cross, wiped clean by the blood that Jesus Christ shed on the cross for our sins and so he said this is my blood this is a new covenant that I give to you as often as you drink of it drink of it in remembrance of me of all that he did for us especially when he rose from the dead to prove beyond a shadow of a doubt that he is exactly who he said he is he is exactly who he promised to be He is the child that was born in the manger. He is the one who grew to be a man. He is the one who took upon himself the sin of this world. Your sin, my sin, the sin of this world. He incorporated it upon himself. Died, shed his blood, rose from the dead so that we might have the forgiveness of our sins. As often as you drink of this, Do it in remembrance of him. Please forgive me. I want to make mention. I told you this at the beginning. For those of you that were not here, we didn't want to interrupt the service by having an offering. If you would like to give an offering today, you can do so in the boxes in the back of the church. Um, Whatever it is that you propose in your heart to give, you may give. Let's sing how great is our God.
1: Let's all stand together.
2: The splendor of the King Uh Lord in majesty
1: Let all the earth rejoice All the earth rejoice Let's sing it. sin. Amen. Amen. God bless you.